Welcome to the Self-Publishing Queen podcast. My name is Josiane Fortin and I'm a self-published author. I'm obsessed with helping and motivating writers to publish their books and share their gift with the world. My goal with this podcast is to inspire you to take action and be the writer you want to be. Let's go! Hello writers, I'm Josiane Fortin and today I'm interviewing Lisa David Olson. So Lisa is the self-published author of the book Laugh on Rye and she's also uh, the author of a journal and a comedy album. So I hope you're going to tell us all about those three things and first start out by telling us a little bit about you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I've been looking forward to this all week. So thank you. <laughs> awesome. My own story is that I came from a childhood of alcoholism. My mother was an alcoholic, self-treating for mental issues. You, you know, you figure that out when you're older. And so she was physically abusive to us. So we had a lot of rough nights and then, you know, where things would be made up in the morning. Here's, you know, here's McDonald's for lunch, that kind of stuff. That's the short version. And I do write about that in my book, Laughs on Rye, W-R-Y. And I also share the very fun parts and that she's the one that got me interested in performing and she saw in me the humor side, but humor also saved my life way back then in the sense that it was my escape. I could pretend to be anybody I wanted to. My siblings and I, after a rough night, we would cheer each other up doing, you know, songs or silly sketch kind of jokes and cheer each other up. And we also discovered if mom was laughing, she wasn't beating us. Okay. So it was really like a, to save yourself pretty much that you developed your comedy and humor. So that's why, which one of those were the first thing, the laughs on Rye or the comedy album? What went first? I had been working on my comedy album is completely telemarketer calls when they would call and how my first husband and I would not let them get to their sales pitch. Okay. And we would make up stories. And one of them, I, the lady is trying to get me to sign up for a credit card. And I tell her that I've got a rash on my arm and I wonder if I should be seen at the doctor. And she's like, well, I think you should. And it goes into that conversation and she never got to her credit card pitch. Um, there's Did another you one. you record I, them like, or you tra transcript afterwards? They're all recorded. Okay. And they are on this album called Fun on the Phone. And again, this is spelled weird as well. It's fun, P-H-U-N, to match phone. So it's fun yeah. on the phone. You can find it on iTunes. There's 21 phone calls of different telemarketers because we had this old machine that was a cassette tape and you could hit record on an incoming or an outgoing call. Well, back then, those calls were actually real. Nowadays, I believe that they're mostly recorded. You know, <laughs> I'm calling you about your car warranty. Yeah. But back then, you know, if I came home and saw that the light was on, I was like, yes, he got one and I would do the same. So then I just made this album out of it. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> but that's long ago. And then the book was in 2018 and it's very short little chapters and I call them snippets. And then at the end of each one is a lesson. And it's not me teaching you. It's saying, here's, but here's why that happened. And here's what I think that's about. I want to know, why did you decide to write this book? I really drug my feet 
Um, why would anybody need to hear my story? And I'm sure that I'm going to hit, you know, I'm going to resonate with others when I describe what I felt. Why would anybody want my story? I don't have initials after my name. I'm no one famous. It doesn't matter. And then I was sitting in a coffee house, plunking away at my laptop and a man who saw so I was in a comedy troupe. I don't know if I said that part. Uh, for 20 years, I ran and performed in a comedy troupe. So the, the humor that saved me became my business. So here I am sitting at my laptop in a coffee house and a gentleman comes up, introduces himself. He's a mail carrier. It was obvious with his, his uniform. And he thanked me for my comedy because he had seen my shows and that meant a lot to me. And then he said, are you writing your book right now? Because I want to buy one. And I said to him, well, I don't know why you'd want my book. And he said, you remind me of Carol Burnett, which is my hero. I, I, used to pretend I lived with her. Um, she had sketch comedy show and he stayed in my mind. Mailman Boyce stayed in my mind. If Boyce, the mailman wants to read my story, then maybe somebody else would. And you know what, what if I do it for me? And so that's what I would tell other people. It's not about your initials. It's about sharing your story. Every story is different and there's a reason. And just finishing that project meant so much to me. And it turned out I connected to so many people who also had a similar background and they felt comfortable saying, you were so brave to write this. And I have a story too, to which I, I listen. I redirect people if they're looking for help. I'm, I can't help. I'm, I still do therapy on the regular and I recommend it. Just saying that I mattered to boys. And from there, I mattered to other people. And it was just, that was my connector right there. It's a silly question, but what were you working on on that day? I was writing sketch comedy and I okay. always had my book document open. Yeah. And I let myself choke myself on it. You know, procrastination is really that way that we deal with the comfort in stress. You know, when you procrastinate, It's not that you don't know what to do. It's just that you're afraid to start. And there's some sort of comfort or familiar feeling in telling yourself, nah, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to clean up that closet. I'm not going to write that letter. I'm not going to talk to my boss. And then you keep that hyper stress. You're not getting rid of it. You're carrying it. Yeah. And there's some sort of comfort that you have to deal with and, and address and take that first step. And you realize that was a whole lot of nothing I was carrying around. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, sometimes it's easier to get the the hard things done and get it over with and move on to some other things. Always. Yes. Yeah. Some yeah. people say, oh, I'm so bad at procrastinating. And what they really mean is I'm rocking it because I'm doing it every <laughs> day. <laughs> and how long did it take you to write the first book once you've decided that you would write it and get serious about it? How long did it take? really start to finish under seven months because once I started and got um, the right editor, this is, this was huge for me. I had an editor that we did weekly check-ins, man, did that help? Otherwise you can write, you can start and you should write and you should start. But if you don't have an accountability buddy for my personality, that's huge. And I was paying her. So every week we would go over 10 pages And did that ever make a difference? You know, I knew I'd have a check-in and then she would send corrections and, or ideas. She was great with that. Like, 
what kind of tree were you referencing? Just small things that were like, whoa, that was huge to me. And then I could write a little bit more. It was just finding the right editor that could really connect with and check in on the regular really made it matter. And she coached you along the way. She really did. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I hadn't thought of it as coaching, but you're absolutely right. That is. Yeah. I probably owe her more money. <laughs> and it sounds like humor is a big part of your life, but why did you decide to write about it? Because you were already working in that field. So why a book? For me, it's, it's a piece of legacy, at least in my mind that I, I've written and, you know, have this piece. I never did find a publisher. It was not my goal. I just wanted to have a book. I wanted to open that box of books. And, you know, that's always another thing that people talk about trying to find a publisher or not. For me, what I learned from a friend who has a publisher is I'm a speaker. And if I have a publisher, it's up to them to get my gigs and get my book launches set up and all that. And I wanted more control over that after seeing what my friend went through. And it doesn't mean that all publishers are that way, but her experience was that publisher would set something up and say, oh, by the way, Saturday, you need to go, you know, an hour and a half away. And there was no pre-published, you know, no in invites. You know how we like to explode social media. Hey, come on down to this or that. And she had no time. So they were usually flops. And so having a little more control over that was more appealing to me. On the other side, self-publishing, you're not going to get into Barnes and Noble or Target or stores like that, even though you still have an ISBN without a publisher, you can't get on those shelves. So there's oh, good yeah. and bad, depends yeah. on what your goal is. Yeah. You actually can through some platforms like Ingram Sparks, but yes, you're right. I've heard of that. That's yeah. true. I should look into that. I haven't tried it yet, so I, I can't really tell you anything about it, but I just heard that it's there, it's available. So if people want to look it up, they can. And I'm wondering, like you already gave us some advice, but would you have like one specific piece of advice that you'd like to share with someone who's looking to self-publish? Start writing and be solid in the fact that your inner voice is going to fight you and tell you that you shouldn't write and tell you that your, your story is not worthy. So always address that inner voice and kick it to the curb and yell at it. And as far as self-publishing, know the steps of that you're going to need ISBN numbers. That was a huge surprise to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I spent $300. Maybe I got 10 ISBN numbers, but they're mine, damn it. Yes. <laughs> but that part I was not, you know, I was not prepared for. I was already spending for my editor on the weekly. So be prepared that it will cost money, a few thousand probably over the time. And be aware of those who sniff out that you're self-publishing and try and offer you these great deals. Try and find somebody that you know has worked with somebody that they trusted. I would definitely do it by word of mouth before I would let Facebook know I'm looking because you're going to be bombarded and it's going to take away your time. Yeah. Have you had experiences that were not so positive with uh, someone that you hired for your cover or something like that? I had... Oh, and separately, you need a layout person to make sure the pages line up correctly. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's what I needed. And I, and I found through my editor. Yes, I had a publishing place and then they just never stopped calling me. I finally had to block the number. It was an incredible amount of money and all these promises that if you can't feel it, taste it, touch it, or find it in a quick search, 
don't believe it. And that's why I really believe in word of mouth is yeah. to find, I've got plenty of friends who are authors. If somebody's looking for somebody, one gal sells courses on how to self-publish and it's fabulous because she does self-publish. Like, I think she's got 11 books out there right now. So find the people that do it and know it and, you know, make, just make sure you don't fall into that trap where everybody reaches out. Ooh, she's hungry to get a book out or he's, he's right on the edge. You know, I, I definitely don't hesitate to look at a book that you liked that's self-published and reach out to the author. You never know what info just by Facebook messaging or something that somebody would say, Hey, I've, I've, I know somebody in the business or here's what I did. It doesn't hurt to ask, even yeah. if you're turned down, they're going to be flattered that you read their book and always, always, always review a book. If you read your book, somebody's book, please review it because that helps it to be seen. And it's really hard as an author to beg for that. <laughs> I do the same thing with my podcast. Please review it. All those numbers make it seen. So yes, uh, that's the thing I would beg people to, to do. Awesome. And how do you promote your books? I was lucky enough to have in-person events back in 2018. So I did two different launches and I did, um, yeah, I'm a, a humorist. And so I, I made sure it was a light and fun event. And I would read a couple of the stories. And of course we'd have snackies and drinks. And nowadays people are are doing online or drive-by. You can do drive-by drop-offs with pre-sales. A lot of people want your signature and want your autograph. So be creative and think really wild thoughts. You know, what, what friends can you get together that if people are local that you would do a, an author signing and a, a safely distanced picture and ask them to hashtag it on their page. There's all different ways to connect get your circle of people that, that you've supported and say, Hey, I would love your support on this. Maybe they would put it on Facebook. I don't see much action on Facebook with support lately. I think we are pounded with online. So yeah. I would say maybe you reach out via mail. Maybe you write an actual card and ask your friends, Hey, I'm looking for some help. Can you go on and review my book? And can you buy three copies and give two away? That's some ways. My journal that I have is creative cues because I'm an improv person and I also am a business humorist. So I use what I've learned in my 20 years of performing and take that to businesses or people that want a book launch and we sit and talk wild ideas and make them workable. My journal, I only locally printed. I still have my ISBN on it, but I just locally did it because it's a spiral bound and I wanted to make it affordable. And so I, I did it all myself and I have different creative tips in there. One page is lined and one is open, depending on if you're right brain, left brain, or some brain in between. And I thought, well, maybe someday I'll print it, have it printed and added to Amazon. But for now, I'm just doing it local. I wanted to support local. Yeah. So I've got that. Okay. Makes sense. But obviously you could reach a lot more people by putting it on Amazon. You're right. And that's, that's my goal. And, and you're, you're also my uh, adorable reminder. So <laughs> that is a really good idea. And then the other part is I'm rewriting the journal in the long form for like a playbook instead of a workbook of all the creative things like committing to a scene and what that means as a performer, I can teach you how to commit to a scene, which is you in the workplace or you and your relationship. And I can break down what that means. 
active listening and the good and the bad and how that works. All these tips I have, I'm going to pour them into a workbook. And that leads me to the last part of ways to sell is if you're speaking. As a speaker, you are hired probably, I don't know if the term would be right to say you're hired faster, but you are more appealing as a speaker if you are also an author. And usually you can do back of the room sales. So I just gave my amazing keynote and I'll see you in the back of the room. Come and get a bookmark. Aha, there's my books. <laughs> I used to sell my album on CDs and maybe cassettes. That's not important. And now it's on iTunes and people can just do that. But you know, whatever you have to sell, just bring it along. And if you can land some speaking gigs, that is helpful. Yeah. But can you blend that with the shows that you're giving as a humorist or does that work together or not? I did a little bit. I have retired from doing the, the in-person comedy shows. Obviously we can't right now anyway, but um, I thought after 20 years, I'm just gonna take a breather. I, I've still been doing some improv parties, but mostly I'm, I'm, I'm doing all the speaking and I've taken my in-person keynotes to the virtual world and it's working. Yeah, and people awesome. still want someone to bring humor and I'm not a PowerPoint person. I am in your face and we are gonna play and we're gonna interact. And so that's what makes me different. And I have found ways to do that even through the Zooms. <laughs> <laughs> and how, can you share with us some, some of the prompts that are in your journal? <laughs> yeah, a few of them are actual quotes. And um, then I, I, of course, give credit to whomever said it, but my own, one of them is be present in the moment, stay curious, don't stop playing, make noise, get comfortable amongst the chaos and take up space. Another one just says, laugh at yourself daily. You know, don't take yourself so serious, right? Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. With improvisation, there's not one correct answer. Often the answer can change. Improv thinking is a flexible way to problem solve and communicate. And then afterwards, like, do people write some, like what thoughts come? Yes, come yes. It's a prompt to maybe, well, I had um, a person who bought one tell me that they were stuck in a problem. So they just flipped it open to be inspired. And so then they took their laptop after being inspired, they took their laptop into a different room. They sat on the floor on pillows by a sunny window instead of being stuck at their desk. And they were inspired with a different flair for their blog. So just by simply moving where you're sitting, we tend to go where we're always at. You're at your desk. I'm at my desk. That's where we go because all our lights are set up and all our things are set up. But what if we took off our shoes and socks. And what if we, you know, that was more crazy thinking before everything was on Zoom, but what if you took off your shoes in a meeting? And what if you switched chairs and didn't always sit on the same side of the table? Mm -hmm. That does change your thinking, changing, you know, just like when you slip into your comfy pants <laughs> versus your office wear, you are more casual. You're gonna have different thoughts come in. But one of the things I talk about is daring yourself daily and being brave and being bold because we're on this spinning rock right now. Whatever anyone believes is after this, we're here now. So be present. And what are you doing with these minutes in this day? And so being brave and daring yourself doesn't mean jumping out of an airplane, which is probably something I'm going to end up doing soon, but it could mean walking out to the mailbox. It could mean driving to the store. It could mean 
a small walk that leads to a passion for walking or something different, a baby step of something different, even putting on your workout clothes, even though you might not actually work out, chances are great. Once you get those clothes on, you will do the workout. You get that music going. So daring yourself. Oh, okay. I dare myself right now. I'm going to do the dishes and then work out. I dare myself. What if it's just that simple? <laughs> What's or your what dare for today? <laughs> do you want to share? <laughs> My dare? Yeah. My dare for today was, I already handled one. I opened up my calendar because it wasn't serving me. So I released a couple of things that were not aligning. And I, you know, saying no sometimes is hard. <laughs> and so I, it was funny because when I chatted with the person that had this, it was a workshop thing and it wasn't going to align in case I, I wasn't sure I was going to be in town. So I reached out and because I kind of thought, well, maybe I work around it. I hate to let her down. And I reached out and I just said, I might be traveling and I want to let you know ahead of time. And she said, yeah, that's not a problem. We're probably canceling it anyway. And here I, I thought about it. I did the procrastination thing and I'm like, oh no, maybe I don't travel that week. And you know what? That would have been ridiculous if I didn't. So I, I pushed myself. I dared myself. Get on it right now. Stop thinking about it. I dare everyone who's listening to start writing if they haven't started. And if you have started something, just keep writing until you're done and until you hit publish. So that's so satisfying to get a book out there. And like you said, it's a good legacy to leave behind. So what writing project, what is the next one that you want to hit publish on? It will be the creativity playbook. And it will be um, just an expansion of the journal. So a lot more tips. I'm going to put all those notes together. Anybody else have post-its all over? Anybody else have notes in their pockets at the end of the day <laughs> or shoved in your purse or your wherever backpack? Yeah, we do. So I'm organizing, getting those in one spot because when I have a profound thought, I have to write it down, whether it's in my phone or a piece of paper, because the biggest lie in the world is I don't have to write that down. I'll remember yeah, I know. But the idea is just seems like to make so much sense. It's like it's striking you like a lightning. So there's no way you're going to forget it. And then right. half an hour after that, it's like, <laughs> I forgot it. <laughs> Correct. I mean, we've got two screens going at the same time. Some have kids, pets, partners, bosses, whatever. Yeah. Do not believe that lie. That could be like, it could be the name of your book. It could be the whole thread that goes through the book or your talk mm -hmm. and yeah write it down always yeah. carry note cards in your pocket or whatever so when are you planning to um publish that is it this year or in 2022 i i think i'll push it for this year if i can might as well might as well shoot for that yeah as long as it wasn't in 2020 that's okay <laughs> <laughs> And it was so nice to talk to you. And please tell us if people want to know more, where can they connect with you? I am really, really active on Facebook. So it's Lisa David Olson. And I respond to messages right away. Otherwise, my website, although that's being revamped, is Lisa David Olson as well. I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram. And I guess that's it. Yeah, you can find me and we can chat. And I just hope that somebody will say that we inspired them to start their writing and stop <laughs> thinking and just start doing. Yes. I'll make sure to share all those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, be sure to share it with me by leaving me a review. If you're ready to publish your book, let me take your hand in my course, How to Self-Publish on Amazon. I will show you every step you need to take to successfully go through the publishing process on the platform. Keep on writing!